More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZABEcast, all hail Baylor. The Bears tear the Bulldogs to shreds and cut down the nets. A Hall of Famer graces us in the Mobile Strike Studio. Adrian Dantley joins us for Power Lunch Tuesday. The former Piston talks about his crazy days in Buffalo with two owners, to the Frank-laden grudge that got him shipped out of Utah, to his days now working as a crossing guard. It's your 45-minute dose of pure me, locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Wednesday, April 7, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to Adrian Dantley and his visit with Carol and I on Power Lunch Tuesday, brought to you by The Palm in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Book your Power Lunch today and enjoy their specials, which we had once again this week. Quick headlines for you, some uh, fan react and more. Watson accuser holds presser. Another one does two lawyers exchange statements. The NFL is going to have a huge mess on its hands. Why? Because it doesn't look like anything Deshaun Watson did rose to a criminal level. Otherwise, they would have filed charges with the police. Yet, he clearly was doing something that was shady that got some of the women involved, 
upset, sideways, and traumatized. And in a league in which previous offenders have had very little substantive claims against them, yet got suspended anyway, see Elliot, Ezekiel, how will the NFL handle a prominent face of the franchise quarterback? This is the first quarterback test of the, you know, zero tolerance policy of domestic and or uh, sexual harassment or domestic violence or whatever you want to call it since Ben Roethlisberger. And that's been a long time and a lot of cases along the way. We shall see. The U.S. is considering a boycott of the 2020 Beijing Olympics. Well, here we go again. It's like 1980 all over again except replace the Soviets with the Chinese. I don't think that's going to happen. Not a snowball's chance in hell, but they're talking about it. We'll see. Baseball decides they're going to Colorado for the All-Star game. People are pointing out that the voting laws and regulations in Colorado are very similar to Georgia. However, they leave one thing out, and that is Colorado votes almost exclusively by mail. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, I believe in one-day voting in person, with very few exceptions. Why? One, it ensures not just the least amount of fraud, but more importantly, it eliminates the perception of potential fraud, and that's important to the process. Number two, it prevents any late-breaking stories from being excluded from voters' decisions. And number three, it makes voting a little bit of a chore. Yes, it makes it a little bit harder. How dare you? Voting should be easy. Nah, not in my book. I believe that making voting easy is for the lazy and mostly uninformed, although I'm sure a lot of informed people vote lazily by mail. But it's by unmotivated people. And if you're unmotivated, lazy, and uninformed, you shouldn't vote. Who would want those people voting? Mailing in your ballot is lazy. Therefore, I would like to have it be, get your ass out of the house, go to your polling place, and vote. I don't want people standing in line for any exorbitant amount of time, and I know that a lot of polling districts have very long lines. Now, that's a big problem. That's got to be solved. I speak from you know, a place where when I go vote, I walk right in because I live way out in the boonies, so there's not a lot of people. I don't know why we can't staff our in-person voting with a lot more staff so you don't have to wait and lie for a long time, but that's my stance. Vote one day in person, very few exceptions, and uh, sorry, not sorry. There you go. Sorry, not sorry on my stance on voting. By the way, people are pointing out that they have punished a city in Atlanta that is 50% black by taking the All-Star game to a city in Denver, which is 9% black. So good job, Mr. Manfred. Mike Ament says, Zabe, regarding the NFL and the uh, 17-game schedule, this 17th game is a red herring. It has nothing more to do than a stepping stone to the 18th game, which they really want. 18 games is the promised land. It gets them to President's Day and the weekend they want for the Super Bowl. The CFL is 18 games. They've got two bye weeks. The second bye week will coincide with the 18th week. Sincerely, Mike Ament. And then there's this on soccer and the MMA. I said how... You know, soccer and MMA, oh, I said on MMA, I said, you know, 
there's women in MMA and it's not like the media has to push women's MMA to like men going, you should really watch them. They're really good. You, you know, you should give them equal time. I said, seems like female women's MMA stands on its own. This email from Keith and Frederick says, Steve, I want to give you some more info on the two items you mentioned last Tuesday. <clears throat> By the way, I've been listening to you for about 15 years. You are my favorite sports host. Thank you. By the way, love the COVID information you provide as well. Thank you. He says, yes, women's MMA does stand on its own quite well. The stars of the sport command fans because they're very skilled, dominant, and exciting. Amanda Nunez is the GOAT. She beat Rousey, Cyborg, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, all the biggest stars. Valentino Shevchenko is a beast at 125 pounds, knocks people out, and is a dominant champion and appears to be head and shoulders better than the rest of her challengers, and they are very talented too. It's different from other sports because the best fighters are just as exciting. Due to less muscle mass on average, knockouts are a little less common, but it's still great to watch. Now to soccer. U.S. soccer is still behind because we don't have the infrastructure in this country. Coaching is way behind. Stop with the BS about, well, the best athletes choose to play other sports. The likelihood that Kevin Durant and Peyton Manning would be soccer stars if they chose to is a ridiculous statement. Well, Peyton Manning for sure. Uh, Durant, not sure. Also, the soccer culture in America is elitist, meaning the best coaching and the best camps are very expensive. So many kids who might be very talented don't receive the support they need to thrive. In other parts of the world, most teams have academies and search for talented kids to put them in their system and train them very young. Lionel Messi left his family in Argentina to play in Barcelona's academy at 13. This doesn't happen here, and that's probably the biggest reason we are behind. Those kids don't also play three or four sports like a lot of American kids with money. There's a lot more participation in soccer now than 20 and 30 years ago, but the coaching I've seen is still very poor as a whole. Until we improve the coaching and the system at the youth level, we will remain woefully behind. Thanks for all your hard work. As long as you keep putting out the content, I'll keep listening. Keith and Frederick, Maryland. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. Okay. Free Hugs and Candy Van, better known as the Mobile Strike Studio. It's Power Lunch Tuesday. Carol Maloney brought on board a certified, bona fide Hall of Famer, a guy in Adrian Dantley who played in the meat of the 70s and the 80s, led the NBA in scoring two times, and came so close to a title when he was with the Pistons. He has a lot of perspective on the NBA then and now, And we start by talking about the college basketball championship game in which Baylor ripped through Gonzaga like a hurricane. Did everyone get enough sleep from last night? I mean, the game kind of went late, but you could have gone to bed early, right? Uh, I'm I'm good on seven hours. Seven hours is basically your uh, recharge time? Seven, eight, yeah. Okay. Very nice. story was nodding off at the end of the game. Really? Fighting sleep. So you didn't stay up to see one shining moment? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, pretty exciting game. It'd be hard to go to bed on that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you what did you think of it, Adrian, in terms of, I mean, it was obviously an ass-kicking by Baylor. Well, I thought that uh, didn't surprise me. I thought Gonzaga might have been a little flat bend going into overtime in the uh, semifinal game. But bottom line is, Bell had just had more athleticism. Yeah. The guards played great defense, and they played played unbelievable defense. And yeah. uh, Gonzaga had a tough time getting shots off. Yeah. Uh, that guy off night for uh, Baylor, uh, Mitchell. 
he is something, man. He he was pretty much guarding everybody on the court, mm-hmm. including Tibby, and that messed up everything for him, yeah. didn't it? Well, if they didn't get the ball inside, they was going to be they was going right. to have some problems. They couldn't get the ball inside to him. But uh, all the guys, what you call wing defenders, all those guys was playing, you know, real good defense out on the perimeter, pick and roll defense. You know, that's one thing coaches always talk about. Do we have guys defend the pick and roll? And they did. Right. They did a great job of doing that. Yeah. Why were we so surprised when number two seeds? Historically, have always beaten number one seeds. I think they're five and zero. Really, they meet in the final game. Look at the stats on Carroll today. Yeah, brought well, some I numbers was to the before table before the game, <laughs> getting ready for it last night, trying to figure out what who to put money on, and I oh. did. <laughs> Took Baylor plus the I four and a half. Take huh? Baylor. I did think Baylor because they were so athletic, and right. they did on the ball pressure, and and Gonzaga was just manhandled. Like Gonzaga was looked like they were in mud, you know. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Uh, well, so the year is done. The, the biggest thing to me is the hay is in the barn, as farmers like to say. The money, the tournament got done. Tell I me, mean, this was huge for college athletics, man. They couldn't afford, after losing last year's tournament, Adrian, to lose another tournament. Well, I'm glad they came back because I didn't know what to do last uh, spring. You know, it was, <laughs> oh, kind of, it was like it's the you worst. Know, no, you know, we look forward to the. Uh, um, with the Michael Jordan, uh, what was the name of the show? Uh, the Last Dance. Last Dance. Yeah. That's all we look oh. forward to. Oh, I have lots of questions on that <laughs> since you played against him and in that era yeah, with but, the bad uh, boy Pistons. Believe me, that's going to be a big part of today's podcast. I mean, I feel like, Carol, we have to do the game last night. Yeah. Then I want to get into the good stuff with Adrian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good NBA stuff. So uh, as far as the college games goes, uh when you see it today compared to when you played at Notre Dame, what's the biggest difference? I think the biggest difference is a lot more screen pick and rolls. When we was in, when I was in college, uh, you didn't see pick and rolls that much. I mean, you know, when UCLA with Bill Wall and the great teams, you didn't see that. It was more throw the ball in the post. If you double, you throw the ball out and you shoot your three. You know, well, not three, but you would shoot the perimeter jump shot. But uh, more screen roll, more tempo. More three-point shooting. One oh, thing about Bell, they threes, shot. threes, threes, and then more threes, right? Yeah, Bell has shot threes, but they didn't take bad threes. You know, they didn't come down and just jack them up. You know, right. so uh, they, the threes they took, I was very happy with. But overall, when you see teams shoot threes, it's kind of you get kind of crazy, especially in the NBA. But they took <laughs> they took great threes, great three three-point shots the whole game. I thought. Didn't yeah. you think Baylor was like? Hate balling. Didn't it feel like they were like hate balling? I, I made that up. Interesting. I like that term though, Carol. I just made that up. But you know how we talk about Aaron Rodgers hate quarterbacking last year? Last night, I was thinking last night when I was watching the game, just because they had this controlled anger the entire time like we've been discounted all year we've been waiting for this and they and it was they came to fight but they didn't do it in a uncontrolled way like aggressive and getting stupid fouls why Gonzaga was having trouble um right. Baylor right. came out and just right away like yeah, rebound, punched him in the rebound, face rebound and, and then kept that. punching him in the yeah. face yeah. <laughs> well I was surprised that Bill won the game because if you know Gonzaga's a good team they have a great coach but if you take that team and put them in the ACC Big Ten I don't yeah. think they would go undefeated I mean that conference nothing to take away from but it's not as you just don't see that many potential you know 
losses in that conference as far as I'm concerned. What's yep. this do to Gonzaga going forward? Because against, I think it's either Mark Few, I saw it on SportsCenter this morning, Mark Few or Gonzaga as a school is now, you know, you know, they've lost eight times when they've had to play. Um, well, like, like like I said, it might have something to do with the conference because, you know, you, you look at UCLA, they was they had to play to get in. You know, they took them down to the wire. But, uh, you know, uh, one day they'll get it, but they, they just didn't <laughs> win their turn last night. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They they play top opponents, or Gonzaga does, but they only play them a couple times a year. And in conference, in a big conference, every opponent is gunning for you if you're the big dog every Tuesday night, right, on the road. So they would face a lot more tougher tougher competition. I feel like, yes, Gonzaga is going to be a power going forward, but this might have been their best team. And so maybe it was their last best chance at a title. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. But uh, I agree with you because uh, they had everything going their way. You know, they was undefeated all year. Yeah. And this was the uh, – I'm sure you know. I know. Uh, I know. Quinn Buckner, and Scott May. I know they were praying that they. Oh yeah. <laughs> they would lose last night. That was the last team that went down defeated. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Huh. I don't think we'll see that again. Not in a normal season either. Mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of Quinn Bay, Quinn May, and and uh, Quinn Buckner and Scott May, Carolina, with a new head coach. Your it, thoughts? Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I thought that. Uh. uh I think it's a good choice. I mean, I heard the quote from Larry Brown and wanted to keep everything in, in the family. In, in the family. So when he said that, I figured it'd be, you know, yeah, it's a good choice. I thought Hubert Davis has been groomed for that yeah, job for some time. Yeah, he, I think the Roy I, retirement was a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. It was to us. I don't know if it was to the program. I mean, it, he looked tired it, all year. Didn't anyone else think well, so? He's old. I didn't think it would surprise me because it looked like, it just looked like, they're not the team that they used to be. No. You know, so they underachieved this he, year. If you stayed there another year or two, he would have been catching heat, you know, I yeah. think. But uh, uh, more importantly on the coaching front, I got to talk about this with you, Carol. This gal, Adia Barnes, for Stanford, or for yeah. Arizona, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Is I- she not your absolute favorite <laughs> as a coach? Yeah. I, I was watching the. Uh, the, the the post game when she did the after UConn win when she did the circle on the court they had a huddle they and, huddle up and she, she flipped, flipped the a, bird not up. not to her own team but she was like fuck but, the haters because they didn't believe in I us I was reading it was the side of her face the TV camera caught and she was like that f them all you know and she did right. the double bird in the middle of it and she didn't apologize for it I absolutely love that in in part because apparently there was a promotional video for the final four for the women's final four. They were left out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were so left it was out all of it. The three teams. Total UConn, disrespect, and they had a Stanford. shot to win it all. Yeah, yep. and they missed it. But so here, here, here was Adia Barnes, and this was great. I do what I feel for my team, and I, that's all I care about. Um, don't care about the other stuff. I, I don't know. I just, if I'm passionate about something, and I believe it, I'm going to talk about it. Um, I just. Um, I don't know. It's just who I am. And sometimes it's, you know, your biggest strength is sometimes your biggest weakness. But there's some things I represent a lot of things today. You know, um, I look back at my journey with this team. I had a baby right when season started <laughs> and took like a week off. Um, it says I took a month off, but I did not. Um, 
I love that, by the way. <laughs> Women she, want you to know. She's like, I took a week off. Stop saying it was a month. Like, I was on Zoom calls four days after having a C-section. So um, it was hard. But my teammate, my team loved on me, and they, uh, I missed a couple weeks. I got a little sick, and they fought for me. I came back. Uh, they were patient. Um, you know, I just, um, I'm happy. So I represented moms. Um, I have a baby here, and here crying, ready to feed. Um, <laughs> By the way, I love how sort of dismissive she was. She's like, God, baby needs to be fed again. Jeez, it never ends. I represent moms. You can be coached. You can be at an elite level. You can do it. You just have to have a village like I do. I represent black females. Don't get here too often and don't get opportunities. Um, but, you know, we ha I had an opportunity today on the biggest stage and represented a lot. Gotta love her. I huh? love her. I absolutely love her, but I completely disagree with what? that last possession. Oh. Arizona <laughs> took. I, I thought Ari McDonald, a five foot six guard, yeah. being triple team, launching something up. Six seconds left. They should have done something better. Yeah, it should have been a better play. But I tell you one thing: Stanford lucky that McDonald was off. They had some, they had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because she couldn't. Every time she penetrated, the defense would always collapse on her. She had a tough night, and they still. Almost won the game. So, but she was uh, – McDonald is their star, right? Yeah. And I believe – Five foot six I believe guard. I, what are you, Carol? I'm five five. Listed. Actually, five two. You guys both know. <laughs> you list Whoa. If you're how you're five two, you can only be listed five four at the five, most. Five two and a half, maybe. Three. She doesn't look like she was five six after watching her against Stanford. Yeah, you know? that's true. So yeah, so I think Barnes said afterwards it was McDonald or nothing. In other words, she rode with her star. Yeah. I thought that was dumb. That wasn't a good. And what? immediately, McDonald should that have seen a, the triple team what? coming and gotten the ball off. They would have had two seconds. To so get you're saying that's not right? That no. you you don't and always I, ride your star. Sometimes you got to be flexible no. if you know they're going to get Hoosiers triple team. Worked in the movies, but in here it's basketball. <laughs> well, that was the picket An fence. assist makes two people happy and maybe wins your national championship. Ad that, that, that last play wasn't. Wasn't particularly good. Yeah. <laughs> but coaches do that, though. Yeah. I remember Duke-UConn, and uh, Coach K let Trajan Langdon, who was not their best one-on-one -on -one player, try to get the last shot. He dribbled it off his leg. They had Corey Maggetti, who was a lottery pick that year, who was a devastating one-on-one -on -one player. He should have gotten the shot, mm -hmm. but Langdon was the senior who had been there four years. Maggetti was the freshman, and afterwards, Coach K was like, I was going to go with Trajan. I trusted him the most. Probably I not the it. right decision. I get it. Oh, it's well. always hindsight 2020. Yeah. All right. Adrian Dantley is in the Mobile Strike Studio, Basketball Hall of Famer. First Hall of Famer in the van, Carol, so that's nice. Always good to have <laughs> you get that. get one clap, two claps. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the 76 Rookie of the Year in the NBA for the Buffalo Braves. I can't wait to talk about that experience. Sixth overall pick. Two NBA scoring titles. The 83 Comeback Player of the Year. 15 years in the league, seven teams, one Olympic gold medal, and listed, Adrian, as one of the 15 greatest players to not have won a title. Not to bring up <laughs> oh. something negative. That's hell of a career, man. Hell of a career. Uh, do, you, do you sleep easy at night knowing, man, I really had a great career? Well, I think I had a – I think about it, I think I had a pretty good career. Because, pretty good. <laughs> well, only reason I say that because ever since I started – playing basketball in junior high school, all the so-called experts would always say, you know, pretty good, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that at the next level. So uh, They were always next-leveling you. Yeah, high school, wow. college, pros. And, okay. Uh, 
I get a big kick out of. So uh, uh, I guess I did all right. <laughs> okay. I, now, obviously, the championship thing, I was stunned because I thought for sure you had one with the Pistons. But then I had to uh, check my facts on that, and I was like, oh, that's right. You left right before they broke through against the Bulls. And I had forgotten that was your beautiful head on the other side of Vinnie Johnson's head in Game 7 at the Garden. Yeah, the year before, I think we had Celtics on the ropes. and, oh, and uh, big time had them on the ropes. It's funny that when I was in high school, people used to always tease me, uh, uh, you're not dying for a loose ball. The one time that I did die for a loose ball, that's what happened. Get a yeah. concussion. Yeah. Here, here was the play. Game seven. Oh, you have it. I I'm sorry to bring this up, but I got it. And taking some bad shots. And they need a timeout to get their offense together. Who are they going to attack? Ainge took a bad shot that time. By the way, it's great, Carol, we don't know the score in the game because in 87, they didn't put the score on yeah. the screen the whole time. <laughs> you had to know the score. You had to be actively involved as a viewer. And look at Vinny here going to control the offense while Isaiah's on the bench. Eight on the shot clock for Detroit. Trying to force the pass Boom. to the lane. Ouch. And picked up and a foul as Ains and Dumars. <laughs> Nearly a two fight. Men are down for the Pistons. One of them is Vinnie Johnson. Bring back memories. The, other one is the more severe. <laughs> you know what a fight it feel like. What do you remember from that moment? I don't remember Nothing. anything. Out and done? <laughs> yeah, the, doc, the, the news stories about it said that when you finally woke up, I guess in the hospital or in the ambulance, you're like, I don't remember anything. I don't, rem- I don't remember anything. Oh. I, I, know what a, I know what a fighter feels like. That's what I thought when, when I woke up. Wow. <laughs> that, to me, like that was vintage NBA, Adrian. The, the late 80s and the battles that you would have with the Celtics, the battles you would have with Jordan's Bulls. They were epic struggles, those seven-game series. There was, those were great playoff games and uh, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Can you imagine back then, okay, I can't, I can't win against the Celtics. I'm going to join the Celtics, so I can't win against Chicago. Right. Or Chicago can't win against Detroit. But those were great games, physical that was basketball back then, I think. Yeah, Vinny, talk talk Vinny. about hate balling back then. They would never have joined the enemy. <laughs> oh, right? Oh, yeah. No, because, I mean, the, 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 the twin rivalries of Celtics-Pistons and then later Bulls-Pistons is the stuff of legend. Sorry to show this to you again. If it's, oh, yeah. uh, if it's triggering, I'll just turn I'm, it off I'm the gonna, screen. I'm, I want to get that. I, wanna, I don't have it. I it's get on YouTube. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to get, get on YouTube. Yeah. And, and I remember at the time as, as, a, as a teenager thinking to myself, of all the heads to run into, Vinny's is not the one you want. Because <laughs> that thing was like an Easter Island tombstone. <laughs> Yeah, he was a pretty strong guy. You see, he got up after the. We oh, out of- <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Fine, what happened? You're like knocked out cold." And Vinny, of course, had I think the greatest nickname in '80s NBA history. Do you remember his no. nickname, Carol? No, what was the it? microwave? You don't know that. Everybody knows no. that. The yeah, the microwave. That. You know, know why they gave him that? Because he would come off the bench and he would start scoring so quick he could heat, heat up, up like a microwave. <laughs> Yeah. What a great name. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking, Adrian, at your best of reel, and I'm going to pull this up right now. And I thought to myself, how do I bring this up to Adrian in a way that is not in any way offensive? But your game back in the day, I don't know if it would work today. I don't know if your game would work in today's See, NBA. What do you, you think he about that? He was just that? saying people were always next leveling him. And I, you're doing I, it right I, now. Listen, it worked like a mofo back in the day. He led the league in scoring yeah. multiple years. I'm just wondering, 
do you think your game would would work today? Because nobody really plays the way you did back then. I see that play all the time. Uh, I the- wouldn't. I wouldn't have no problem today. Today's game, you know, because you no, because first of all, if you if you drive to the rim, if a defender touches, you go into the free throw line. That's a good point. There's no, there's no hand checking. Right. And like I said earlier before, at every level, I played against the bigger players, the smaller players that have never had a problem. I was always in better condition than the guys I played against, but. I wouldn't have any problem today. Well, I don't know I what probably, you're talking about, Steve. I, pro- I probably wouldn't shoot as many threes as they do today, but I would be more like, you know, 17 feet, okay. 18 feet in. That was my game. Okay. Know? Well, you'd have to shoot threes in today's game. Well, not that many small forwards shoot, you know, threes today. I mean. What did you play at, 6'5"? Six, 6'5", five? Six, five, yeah. And you were a small forward? Small forward. Okay. And who did you torment the most defensively? Or like when you uh, offensively, well, my, my, my best, who did you light up the most in your battles? Well, I don't know who I lit up the most, but <laughs> <laughs> I had you know I, I used to love coming home to play against Washington. I had great games, you know. right? Well, you know I averaged thirty for five years, so over five years, so you had, you you got your points pretty much off of anybody. What what do you think was your signature move? Well, one of my best idols was. Elgin Bella, you know, my first step was my pat move, you know. Right. Quick guy, first step. Guy got on me, first step go by him. If he stays off me, you know, shoot my 17, 18 footer. But uh, I wouldn't have any problem playing with the day in the day's game. I know. know. We're watching his <laughs> highlight reel, and everything I'm seeing is penetrate, draw contact, penetrate. Draw and kick, right. Yeah, yeah. finger roll, penetrate, yeah. hook shot, floating hook shot. All of that works today. Yeah, I, I got to get, get these highlights. I don't have these. They're on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> I'll send you a link. <laughs> the internet is it lives forever, Adrian, uh, and it's on that. all the time. Uh, I, I love looking at the old highlights and stuff. You played for the Jazz for quite a good stretch of your career. Which city did you like playing for the most? Which team did you like playing for the most? Well, it's funny though. Even though Utah, when I say Utah, people say Utah, you know. But uh, you know, when you play in the NBA, you hear about guys how physically worn out the day so me playing in utah really didn't bother me because after the game i was just sleeping that was <laughs> played basketball <laughs> right ate a good meal and slept for like seven eight months until the season was over <laughs> got a lot of rest once the season was over if i was flying back to dc so uh that really didn't bother me and uh you know you know playing and playing in utah what would it be like do you think how you would have handled the kind of conditions they have this year where they basically had no off season, right? And they're quarantining all the time. They're not able to go out in the road or they're doing it in secret fashion. I mean, I have a lot of uh, sympathy for these professional athletes who get paid a lot of money, but what they're having to go through this year with the COVID protocols. Well, only the strongest survive. You know, this is very difficult to play like this. I heard a lot of players say that, uh, you know, they're not used to playing. They want an audience. But it's just like being on the playgrounds right now. And uh, it's all, the, mental, the mental toughness is what's going to take you right the long way. But yeah. uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough. But I, I hear all the excuses from the players, and uh, I don't think it should, you know, oh, well, we, we play back. The well, main thing they always say, we play back-to-back. When we played, we had to get on a 7 o'clock flight and play that, <laughs> get, play that night, right. four games and five nights. So, but – it's just the you know the, the tough teams can figure it out. Hey, look look at Stanford. What they was on the road, for, yeah. they was away for eighty seven days or mm-hmm. something like that. 
You know, so they, they you gotta you gotta admire them. They was pretty tough to come through and win a championship. You guys flew commercial, didn't you, back in the day? There was no charters, were there? Back in the day, yeah. Well, my last year in Detroit, they were the first team that had that flight. That's know? right, their and own we, plane. Plane, and we and we had an advantage because I think my last two years in, when I was playing there, no other team didn't have a plane at that That's time. That's right. And we would, you know, we would. Most of the guys, most players, when they play play in the NBA, I mean, me since high school. Whenever I had a game, I wouldn't wind down to about 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I bet, yeah. And by us getting on a flight right after the game, you know, we could sleep in, meet, in, sure. meet at 12 o'clock. It was, it was a big advantage for us at that time. You're a great player at Notre Dame, All-American. You get drafted sixth overall to Buffalo, the Buffalo Braves. <laughs> No longer in existence. I forgot what became of them. I'll have to look I'm that up. I'm way too young to know. What was it like for you, a kid from DeMatha here in D.C., who went to Notre Dame, gets shipped off to Buffalo? Well, Buffalo right now are the L.A. Clippers. That's they, who the Buffalo oh, is. Oh, okay. there you so, go. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was at Notre Dame, this, this Notre Dame student, female student, she used to always walk me to class. All the time, talking to me, asking me questions. I'm like, you know, she don't want to date me or anything. What's what's going on, you know? But I was nice to her. So at the end of my junior year, she said, hey, I'm going to tell you something right now. I said, what's that? My father's the general manager of the Buffalo Braves. She's oh. going to draft you. I said, good thing I was nice to her the whole time. <laughs> up, she end, was the advanced scout yeah. for the she Buffalo Braves. Her, her father was the general manager of the Buffalo Braves, oh Bob, Bob, Bob McKinnon. Okay. And so she told you before the draft? Yeah, yeah. it was unbelievable. She said, my dad's going to draft you if you're there. Oh, my God! I got drafted. And you said to her, oh, no, or you said what? No, I didn't say anything. I'm saying I'm glad I was nice to her, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So you only lasted a year and a half, then got traded to Indiana. What prompted that? Well, I would say that I've had a strange career. Uh, When I was with Buffalo, we had two owners. And you probably don't know this owner. We had this controversial owner named John Y. Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had Mr. Snyder. They both were 50% owners of the team. And when one would go out of town, one owner, one, one owner would trade the player. To give you an example, when we, we Get started out of here. Yeah, when we started. Paul Snyder and Harry T. Mangurian Jr.? Is that, is that the two owners? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, John Y. Brown. John, John Y. Brown, Brown okay. Who's Kentucky. Okay, fine. Go uh, ahead. So one guy would one guy would trade players when the other guy was out of town. Yeah, let me give you an example. Jesus, when we started the season, Moses Malone, Bob McAdoo, myself, Ernie DiCigorio, and Randy Smith was on that team. You know, that's a good team. The two other Hall of Famers uh, <laughs> yes. traded Moses Malone maybe six weeks into the season. Oh my God! That's when he went. That's when he went to Houston, (laughs) and then traded Bob McAdoo. Maybe you know two months. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancer 
ClearScreenQuiz.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. The season started. So anyway, John Y. Brown came in, and uh, and uh, yeah, Maloof was the other owner. John Y. Brown came. But here's in. John Y. Brown. Yeah, yeah. He, he came in, and he wanted all ABA players on his team. <laughs> he wanted all ABA players on the team. So the team was. But you have all good players in your team. Yeah, and uh, he <laughs> traded me for Billy Knight, who was a great player. Right. And that's when I went to Indiana. When I went to Indiana, as soon as I. Met the coach there, Bobby Leonard. He said, Adrian, I'm telling you something right now. Don't buy a house. We're going to trade you to the Lakers. Oh, that was oh. kind of nice to give you a heads up, though. And I got traded to the Lakers maybe about, uh, you know, 24 games into the season when I was the second leading scorer in the NBA. Still got traded to the Lakers. That That's crazy yeah. like in today's NBA. Yeah. Like when you look at today's NBA, players can have their guaranteed deals like James Harden. And when they're done playing in a certain city, they just kind of pout and they force a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a lot of power for the players now. You guys had no power back then. No, at that time, you couldn't even – if you wanted to get traded, you, you, no way. I mean, right. Jamal Wilkes, when he got traded to the Lakers, they got two number one draft choices. That's, like, unheard of now. Now you can just go and – Right. Walk out the door, go, basically. You know, just, like you said, force a team to trade, especially <laughs> if you're not going to play as hard as you can play – and, you know, you criticize your teammates. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a no-win situation. Yeah. yeah. So you go to India, So you go to the Lakers. I would assume you enjoyed your time in L.A., brief as it was, only two years there. What happened? Well, when I went to the Lakers, we got to the semifinals. We weren't successful. We went the following year. We weren't successful. So, uh, you know, it was always, it was always uh, the conversation was you couldn't win with – Two small forwards, and that's what it was in Lakers. You had Jamal Wilkes and you and me. Even though we had taller players, six nine forwards, they weren't better than either one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they this s- was before Magic arrived, right? I, I got traded. Yeah, I got okay. traded that year. That's when Magic came in the f- that fall. What about Worthy? Did he come in the same year? Or did you play alongside him? You forget how old I am. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm way ahead of him. I'm like seven, eight years older than those guys. Worthy came much. in. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you left the Lakers in 79. Magic came in in 81, right? Right. You said That's Worthy. Like two years. When did Worthy come in? Worthy came in the same year Jordan came in, right? I'll look that 86? up. I thought Worthy was close. Okay. All right. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, know, I know. I'm getting my, my dates a little mixed up. Yeah, so Worthy came in with, 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 with Dominique Wilkins. With Dominique. 84. Right. Okay. I've right. been in the league for seven years. <laughs> okay. The fact that you can recall it so well and different teams and what happened, I, I have, my memory doesn't serve me that well, and that's just breakfast. You know, I just yeah, well, I remember that. I, I remember that because I know I was like everybody always mentioned that. I keep telling them, hey, I know, you know. I know I look young, but I'm older than those guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Worthy, Worthy came in the league in 82. 
So for the record, I missed it by three years. Okay, not bad. It's okay. A little bit closer. All right. So that said, so off you go to Utah, and you enjoyed Utah. You had productive years there scoring-wise. But Utah, as I recall, didn't do a whole lot, per se, in terms of making a run for a championship. We didn't, didn't, we didn't do real well until, like, maybe my latter years there, you know. Okay. And uh, once we were starting to put it all together, you know, that's when they traded me. I got traded because I held out a year. That's the bottom line. Uh, you know, I held okay. out a year, and Frank Layden went absolutely bananas, and uh, <laughs> it was never the same. What were you making at the time, do you recall? Yeah, I was making my my. Uh, I made eight hundred thousand. Shit, led the league. <laughs> made eight hundred thousand dollars. It's funny though, you know. I always tell people that Bertrand for the, for the Wizards, I made half what he made. During my whole career, would he make <laughs> one year? Care. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're making eight hundred grand. You're under contract, but you held out because you wanted more, yeah. which I think was justified given that you went 28, 30, 30, 30, 30 for five years. I tell you what, I, I thirty did, points a game. You're I, leading the league. I, I, I made a mistake. I didn't make eight hundred. I made. I was making four, five hundred. Oh Jesus! And then when they gave me a contract, that's when I made. Okay. 900. So you held out a year, and they weren't happy about it, but you felt like, look, I'm underpaid. Yeah. So then they trade you to the Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. You're 31 years old. You land at the Pistons. This is now team number four for you. Yeah. One, two, five maybe. Yeah. At that point, what did you think? Well, I didn't want to get traded to Detroit. I mean, that was just – that was was something that the coach – he was determined to get rid of me, Frank Layton. He just didn't – I mean, now if you hold out, it's not a big thing. Back right. then, if you held out, that was it. And he would never forgive me for that. He, at that time, he was the general manager and the coach. Right. I didn't want to get traded because at that time, we had Stockton and Malone was on the team. They were oh, young guys. They yeah. were like eight years young. It was Malone, Malone's second year, Stockton's I – mean, Malone's – Third year, stock to second year. So I had been playing with those guys right. for for two years, and we was just starting to. And you could tell you had something yeah, special yeah, with yeah, those I two could, guys. Yeah, we was. I said, we, "This is a pretty good team." But as a result of me, you know, holding out, that was it. That was, you know, that was. Oh man, you know, and you know, had they kept you, they might have been able to win a title. Well, we would have been in the finals. Put it that way, right? And, you know, they were young. You know, sure. every team that I went to. Every team that I was on, the team was young. You know, we need this guy to, you know, get us to this next level. You know, that's what happened in Detroit, and then they end up trading. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. 
Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. I'm sure by this point, you are well-versed in all the politics of the league. And how it ain't just about performance. It's oh. about personalities, conflicts, clashes. You had a situation in Buffalo with two owners trading guys on off weeks. Uh, the deal with the with the you know jazz and the holding out for more money. It's crazy how that is, but I think every player has to realize that, right? Well, players gotta you know, it's a business. Yeah. And, and the thing of it is is what I took pride in is that if you, when you usually when you see guys get traded, they not they're not the same player. You know, it's for some reason, you know, this is the comfort, you know, you comfort being here and so forth. But and psychologically, yeah, right? I, I try to true. I try to have pride in myself, even though I got traded. I'm still play at this high level. Mm-hmm. Which you which you really don't see. I mean, you know, uh you know, John Wall not he, you know, I've been watching his games. He not he doesn't look the same as he did. You know, when he, well, was, when he was with the Wizards. You I know. mean, Harden left them in a right. hell of a bind. I mean, right. just pretty much the team collapsed after that. They traded everybody. They, right. they had a losing streak. Did they, they finally broke that losing streak, right? They were at 22 games or something ridiculous like that? Well, it's, it's a team game. And, uh, you know, when he, he – him going to Houston, there's just not that many players. I mean, Well, we didn't know it, what it, Wall could provide this year anyway because of his injuries. He was right. coming off such major right. injuries. Right. So we're at the Bad Boys Pistons. That had to be wild. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, it was a uh, good. At that time, we was battling Boston like Chicago was battling us. We couldn't get through that. Couldn't get. get couldn't get past them. You know, we kept right. battling them for two years. Then finally, we get by them, and then uh, you know. Did you really hate Boston? Did you hate their players, Bird and Ainge and McHale, or was it a professional rivalry no i don't think uh i didn't hate them at all okay you know i don't think the team hated them it's just that the celtics are the celtics you know yeah everybody thought the celtics always got the calls and so forth sure. all the time they always think that even you know when i went to the math they always thought the math of morgan wouldn't get all the calls <laughs> you went to ucla or Shashevsky, you know they the winners always seem like they get the calls or get the good breaks but right that's what they thought of of the celtics back then but i don't think you know I didn't hate the players. You right. know, I just went on. The bad ball. boys persona and that whole aura that came from you guys. How were you, how well aware of it were you when it started to kind of come together? Did you guys make a conscious decision? We're going to wear the black hats in this league and say we don't care? What happened was we started playing physical basketball. We had a trip in, to L.A. We went to visit the Raiders. Yeah. Then when we visited the Raiders, that's when it all started. Oh, <laughs> you actually visited you go the, the Raiders. Room, yeah, we, we went in the locker room. Yeah. We, we were getting treatments, and that's that's when it all started. When you know, we, what year is that? What do you you, do you remember? I think eighty six. I don't know. So Jordan, 80, 80, 80, 87. That's when it really started yeah. because we were supposed to 
be like the Raiders, uh, you know, how they played football. You know how right. you, you know the history of how they played. They yeah. was supposed to be, you know, dirty. Or well, whatever. with Mahorn and Lambeer as your front-line goons, that set the tone right there. And the rest of the team, tough as nails as well. And so it was a natural fit, and it fit the vibe of the city, blue-collar well, city. It's funny, I, you know. Lambeer is one of the nicest guys in the world. He wouldn't fight anybody, but he always would psych everybody out. <laughs> he was a pussy, I mean, but I, he was an instigator, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew <laughs> Lambeer, Lambeer was at Notre Dame when I was there. He was a freshman when, when I was a junior. Okay. Right. And he, he wasn't, trust me, he wasn't going to fight anybody. He always. He'll start some shit. Start and psych you out, <laughs> get, you, get you out of your game. And then Rick Mahorn, you know, he was a very physical player and. Teams hated playing against them. They would, you know, they take, yeah. them, take them out of the game. And Rodman. And, and, Ab, and Rodman. Tell me about Rodman when you played with him. Rodman was, a, uh, when I was there, he was a shy guy. No tattoos. No, he wasn't. No, the way he was at the end of his career, he wasn't like that at the beginning of his right. career. He does love attention, though. Once he started playing in the NBA, he started getting the, you know, he like do anything to get attention. But, right. uh Great player, great defensive player, but uh, uh, interesting cat though, right? He does things his own to way. get attention, <laughs> right? But he was incredibly valuable as a defender. Oh, no question, he's and a rebounder. Of, oh, yeah, one yeah. of the probably one of the best defensive players I ever played against in practice. Great yeah. rebounder. There's a nobody hip check didn't, there. You know, all the teams didn't like playing against. Him. I love the little sneaky hip check that I just watched on some of these oh, highlight videos. Absolutely. How much of this was a response to Jordan coming in the league in what did I say? Eighty four. When was Jordan? Eighty four. Eighty four. He came in the league. So at eighty seven, you said you visited the Raiders and you guys wanted to like hate ball a little bit. Well, we were better than Chicago at that time. Yeah. You know, we was trying to get you know you know past uh, the Celtics. Yeah. Right. Then once we got. You know, past the Celtics. Then here come the Bulls. Right. And then the and Bulls had that, you know, if you, they talk about how, you know, they weren't physical, they weren't strong, they started lifting weights during that off season right. and yeah. try to get ready for the physicalness, you know, for the Pistons and so forth. But uh, we're looking yeah. at some fights here between you guys and the Celtics. I know the league has cracked down on that. Oh, Would yeah. the league be a little bit better? See, if it had a little bit of this 80s stuff still, oh, or yeah. no? I don't know, but to get, back to, <laughs> to get back to what you asked me, if I could play in the league today. And I'm going to tell you the difference. <laughs> yes. The league today and back then. All the players that you see going to the rim now, oh, that wouldn't happen back when no, we played. because they're going to take the wood nap, as yeah. Chris they, Hockey when, likes to say. When, when, when they would drive, they would pull up and shoot a jump shot, or they would finger roll. They would think twice. Right, because now I can go to the rim anytime I want to. Yeah. If you foul me, you're going to get fined $20,000, and you're going to get suspended. Right. Totally, I mean, when, totally when different. I, when my first game as a rookie, we played against Detroit Pistons. I drove to the rim. And Bob Linnell almost broke my leg, right? He said, Adrian, don't come in my territory. You're not at Notre Dame. <laughs> Played against Clifford Ray. Uh, 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 Clifford Ray almost took my head up. Hey, young guy, don't, don't, don't come around here. Okay, don't come in my territory. You're going to get hurt. I said, you know, and yeah. that was my game. Yeah. Going to the rim. 
But I was smart. I started pulling <laughs> You're up. like, yeah, I don't need my leg broken. <laughs> yeah. So let's work on some other aspects I, of the game. I had yeah. a little, uh, like literally a, a junior high coach who said, the Lord gives you five fouls for a reason. Use them. <laughs> no way. Yes. Well, you, can't like use, you can't use five, six fouls now because you're yeah. going to get penalized. And yeah. then, in other words, when someone drives to the rim, when you foul them hard, you got to grab them. Yeah. You know, you're so okay. You you're all right. You know, so you won't get fined. But uh, yeah. that's a that's a big intimidator. I mean, I guarantee you LeBron James wouldn't be going to the rim as much as he right. go now. Back then with the players – the way they fouled back then because the coaches would emphasize, hey, guy go to the rim, you better thump him real hard. I mean, yeah. I know Wes Unsell, when I, you know, I, I try to drive on him, I wasn't going in there anymore. Oh, I had man. to pull up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the last dance? Oh, it was great. I thought that uh, uh, I enjoyed it. Gives was the, there any parts yeah. of it that you said, ah, that was bullshit, that didn't happen? Uh, I think. Pretty much everything. Pretty honest? Yeah, okay. I, think, I think so. Some people had some problems with it. I know Hodges had some problems with it, but I thought it was – Craig Hodges? Uh, yeah, I thought, it was, uh, I thought it was good. Okay. I mean, they – I what, it was great. What about Jordan as a fellow player, competitor? You went against him multiple times. What did you notice about Jordan when you played against him? Well, he always competed. He always wanted to be the best. Uh, uh now, what can you say? He's probably the greatest player to play the game. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, he uh great defensive player. You don't really yeah. see that many offensive players. That want to play defense could, like he did. That could play defense like he could. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's, one of, he's one of the top five. Carol, <laughs> didn't we, when we started this series, didn't, we, didn't you say you wanted to talk about the last dance, and didn't you say that we hadn't had a chance to talk no, about it? No, it's funny because uh, Zabe and I have been meeting once a week, and we we haven't talked. Professionally. I keep, I, <laughs> well, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, but we we hadn't – I've been re-watching it just because of – Have you and I talked about the last dance? No. Here's I my David big, Falk on, though, yeah. during my radio show, which was on – I think you came on the radio show, too. It was John at the time. Mm -hmm. And David Falk, I just – we blew through two breaks. He, I think I asked him – one question. Yeah. And it was like 40 minutes of just triggered memories coming back. I'll give you my one takeaway. Yeah. My my number one takeaway from the from the last dance and then you can give me maybe your one takeaway. Okay. Jordan in his final year, Adrian, is sitting there looking around at Pippen who's holding out with an injury cuz he's not happy about his contract. This fat loser Jerry Krause who wants to run Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time out of town. And Jordan is like yeah. Well, son of a bitch. And he's got Rodman going AWOL to Vegas. And he could have been a diva. He could have been a baby about it. It was fucked up beyond belief. It was totally yeah. ridiculous. But he said to himself, you know what? Fuck it. I guess I got to do it myself. And he did it himself. Yeah. And I said, that's the mark of a true winner, competitor, and a guy who says, I know this is not right, but I, for my legacy, want another title. So let's do this get on my back yeah that's yeah. my big takeaway what did you like the most about it carol Gosh, there was a number of uh, moments but like him in the hotel room hiding from everybody and everything. after the win yeah yeah some some things that just haunted you about what kind of seeing the the inner perspective of what he had to go through i at the time was covering iowa state and tim floyd so i had a different perspective because he would be rumored to take over i was like did you know he was going to get that and i gig? was kind of excited i broke the story Get out of yep. here! Yep, I was you with. I was not. doing a day in the life of Tim Floyd, at the time uh, that I 
I think it was the when was Kraus was he was Phil Jackson fired or or something whatever it was I broke the story of Tim Floyd going to wow um, nice yeah, Chicago good on you and, and, <laughs> yeah so and it made me rich because other outlets used to buy footage I had an interview with Tim Floyd on that day it was made you rich. Long. I'm not rich, but like Iowa extra rich? 500 bucks. What yeah. station were you at? I didn't even know they did that, but stations just took the footage and then started sending me a check. What station? So the photog- um, WHO-TV in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, Des Moines. The, you were the queen of Des Moines. Ronald Reagan and myself all worked there. There you go. Yeah. I'll tell you what's funny, though, with how they was just, the way they was treating Krause at that time, you know, the things oh, they were saying yeah. to him. I mean, they be, were be, a general manager, be a general manager, yeah. and, you know, you get on the bus and guys calling you names and so <laughs> yeah. forth. That's, so I, I had the that's a lot Floyd different from when you could be traded as the leading scorer in the <laughs> right, league. Right, right. And they'll hold a grudge you against you. Be quiet. <laughs> so Tim Floyd knew the whole season, basically. Yes. It was a done deal. So I had that perspective. And I was, yeah. even though this last dance gave me the Phil Jackson perspective, of course. And then not being invited to the wedding. Like there was just some, some inner stuff that went on behind the scenes yeah. that you didn't know. So today's NBA, Adrian. Not necessarily the players per se, but how teams are built. How do you? Th- what do you think wins in today's NBA? Is still is it still the big three model that LeBron built in Miami? Oh, yeah, definitely. You 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 have to have at least three, three three great players on your team. To wow. Win. Definitely. Is that good that's for the league they, or not? I don't know. That's what that's what you see teams doing. They got two, and they may need another guy. So like the Lakers might be, be like, one guy short, right? Yeah, you don't want to be like New Jersey. They got like seven guys. Now. <laughs> Do you think the Nets have too many guys, maybe? No, because the older players, they don't know their role. They can't okay. do the things that they used to do, you know. Okay. So I don't think, you know, you get a guy like Blake come in, you get a guy like, uh, who's the other guy coming, the big guy? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of this. But the big three is going to be Harden, Durant, right, and Kyrie. Right. But, and can they coexist and make sweet music together when it matters the most in May and June because the playoffs go until July this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. They, they, I mean, if they play a little bit of defense, I think they're, they'll win it. They'll a win. little bit is all it'll take, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to have to play some defense. And they, they got the kid from uh, – the guy from San, San Antonio. DeAndre Jordan is the guy, the big man you were thinking about, right? Jordan went to uh, – did he go to the Lakers? One of them went to the Lakers, one of them went to the Spurs. I'm looking up their uh, roster right now. Dr- Just, Dr- um, so you got LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. He was about, he, he about was, to retire, and he's he, like, yeah, he, I'm not going to retire. He's now. going to New Jersey. So that, that'll help. That'll help. That'll, that'll Look help. at this team, Carol. Yeah. How, how is this even fair? That's what's so different about the league now. It's not fair where, hey, I don't want to play here. I'm going to go to another team. You know, you just, you know, I mean, like back in the day, if, if Jordan lost to the Pistons, there's no way he would join the Pistons. Or, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, Isaiah or Larry right. Bird, nobody. There's no way, especially and, and you, you, I'm going to join a team when I'm up 3-1 and I lose three straight, then I'm going to join that team. That's the kind of stuff you hear you know, here today about the day's players. All that talent, though, I guess the good problem to have, but how they manage all those egos on the floor at the I same time. I don't think time. they have a problem. I don't think, you know, Kyrie probably be the only guy you have to worry about. I don't think yeah. you have to worry about that with Durant. Who's who's alpha on that team? Is it Durant? See the uh, lead oh, dog? He's the guy. Okay, he's the guy. Yeah, yeah. So even Harden is kind of falling in line behind Durant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um what else do you think about today's NBA? What players do you really like their games? Who do you, who do you like? 
You're like, I mean, obviously we know who the stars of the NBA are. I'd like to know what an ex-NBA player, Hall of Famer, thinks of. I really like his game, and here's why. Well, I like, you know, any of the players is, is pretty good. I, you know, I like, I like, you know, Bills, you know, Bills, Bills a good player. You know, uh, all the star players are. I like Durant, probably. Durant, okay. pr- Durant is there probably, a, Durant's is, probably the number one guy that I like. Is there a star player whose game you don't care for? I like Morant from Memphis. I think John he, Morant. I yeah. think he might be the best point guard oh, in the nice. NBA. You know, he so. is nice. Is there one that reminds you of you? Your no, game? No, because it's changed. Because KD, I mean, obviously, has a little, little more length. Then I would say a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Six so, inches on you. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and long has, arms. <laughs> but you could drive, you could create, you could pull up, and he does all that with just a little more length or six inches. Oh, I wish I was 6'10". Yeah. Oh, my job would have been so much easier. <laughs> what would you have done at 6'10"? Oh, that's what I tell everybody. All the guys are 6'11". Could you do what I do at 6'5"? Can I do what you do well, at 6'10"? Well, six, six, back in your six, day, 6'10"s couldn't handle like you. Well, Now they can. Well, back in the day. It, they didn't let you. If, if, if back in the day, he would be playing center. He would yeah. be a bottom. Right. right. People yeah. be people be Bob McAdoo, but then he got to come and guard Kareem, yeah. Lanier, Ansel, Clifford Ray. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Adrian, you shot forty-one threes in your career. Yeah, career for fifteen years. Led the league in scoring two times. Was right there, neck and neck, multiple other times. Only forty-one threes. Exit question, and then we're going to get to your second career, and they're going to have a lunch in the Palm. It's going to be great, but. Um, do you think all the threes are bad for basketball? I don't agree with uh, the shot selection at times when they come down and just launch a three. You know? Right. I mean, I just don't, you know. But if you go to by the analytics, the analytics say, okay, you shoot two, mm-hmm. make it, and I go 34%, 37% from three. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you every time. But, you know, the three ball is good. I mean, it's good, but you got to mix it up some. I don't think you can win just – just, just shooting threes. Do you want to move the line back? Would that make a difference? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that would be interesting if they did that. Okay. Know? Yeah, that would be. How about a four-point shot? Always so. wanted. I've been, I've been promoting a four-point <laughs> shot for years. That would be good for basketball. That yeah. would open. That would definitely open it up in, in, on the inside, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like right next to the logo. With spacing, yeah. <laughs> like a little circle. What, yeah. about, what about a wider court? No, I think you should just leave it like it is. Everything okay. should be standing just like. I mean, they're not inside anyway. You know, you know, That's you, just, true. you just said that the player's not playing inside, and you got they all out in the perimeter. True. Although the corner threes are slightly shorter because of the width of the court, and they say the corner three, according to the analytics people, is the most efficient it's a shot. Yeah. Shot. Right. That's why you see guys be. Going out of bounds all the time. They don't have too much space over there on that corner. You know? <laughs> the corner three. They make the, when they make a move, the foot is always on the line. But uh, so your second career is interesting because, and I don't know if it's a career or not, but this was a, a story that aired in 2013. And I remember when I heard about it, I was like, "Wait a minute, Adrian Dantley is a crossing guard, well, former NBA superstar who made millions, but says no job counts more than the one he's doing now." ABC's David Curley. All right, go across the street. Go across Few the of these street. kids know the that the street. crossing let's guard go, they're go, high-fiving go, go, in that go. bright green jacket in a Silver Spring, go Maryland crosswalk is an NBA Hall of Famer, an Olympic gold medalist, and a millionaire. Uh, why you want to be a crossing guard? Uh, 
is not beneath me. You know, I'm a regular guy. I just played basketball. <laughs> I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm a regular guy, and I like working. How did that come about? I'll tell you what. I was in the weight room one day, and uh, some guys were in the gym, and they were, you know, they were just they were talking about insurance policies and so forth. So during that time, I was complaining about, you know, I wasn't working, but my insurance was like $14,000 a year. Crazy, At yeah. that time, I was like complaining, man, I don't care. I was like, man, this is ridiculous. You know, this is <laughs> unbelievable. Right. So a guy overheard me say, you, you, you don't want to, uh, you said your insurance is $14,000 a year? I said, yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, see, I tell you what, if you be a crossing guard, they got good benefits. Good benefits. <laughs> That's great. It's true, and you only work the morning shift in the night. They got, agent. they got great benefits. I got some friends that's crossing guard. They don't have to worry about the insurance, anything like that. I said, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He said, no. I said, I'm going to apply for the job when I go home. I'm going to get my wife and get on this <laughs> internet. Oh, you're not, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. They're going to be laughing at you. I said, hey. Who cares? I'm... It's great. This is a great job for me. I get up in the morning. I'm free during the day. Do what I have to do. Get back at three. Apply for the job. And now, that's how I got. That's how I got the job. Just overhearing somebody talking about it. And now I know all all the kids know me now. Yeah. Oh I've yeah. I've been doing it for you know ten, eleven years. Fifty-eight so. year old Adrian Dantley, who now uses a whistle. Dantley draws the foul. Heard plenty of whistles during his 15-year pro career. Danley. The Washington, D.C. high school phenom became an All-American at Notre Dame. During his pro days, the six-foot-five Danley made north of a million dollars a year. As a county crossing guard, less than 15 grand a year. Yeah, but the benefits. Yeah. You gotta love yeah. the benefits. Now, are you still doing that? Yeah, I make more than that, too, though. Okay, good. Well, you've been giving it a raise. <laughs> well, you haven't, you haven't lost any kids along the way, so yeah. you get bumped up every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so did you come today from your crossing guard job? That's why he's we're here. Spring, it's spring break. break. Spring break. So that's we're why I'm oh, here. Perfect. Yeah, that's why I we love it. this a while Carol ago. Carol wanted me to do a couple of weeks ago. I told her I was working. Yeah, spring yeah. break. And by that's the way, fantastic. the reason we reconnected and I was able to get your sweet. You talking about my other career, though. Yeah, well, we, um, he was an analyst for NBC Washington when we, I first was in town. And right. then you went off. I think then you went off to be an assistant with the Nuggets, yeah. right? You were an assistant coach. Anyway, he was my, I was coaching my son's basketball game. And he was our a seventh grader. I had a seventh grade team. And then I also had a ninth grade team coaching both. And he was he had been our official. He was refing our games. And yeah. I'd be like, come on, Blue, you missed a foul. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. how I got his number. And that's I was able to have him shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's great. So you still do that a lot, right? I mean, you're a really well-known official. I missed it this year. Official. No, 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 no games this year. Yeah. No recreation, no seventh grade, no middle school games, no high yeah. school games. But he's still so next he year. Was, he was up and down the court. I was going like, to say, do you still get shots up? Do you still oh yeah. get run? I still work out. Nice. Yeah. I still work yeah. out. At age what? Mm-hmm. 66. 66. And still get it. Can you still dunk? No, I never tried to dunk. I, I was going to say, you didn't really dunk much in the pros. No, your, no. your game was ground-based. Well, guys always tease me all the time. Yeah, you, you did this, but you didn't dunk. But I said, I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not walking with a limp. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Adrian, it's great to connect with you. Thanks for coming on in today. And uh, we'll go have some lunch and we'll tell the stories that can't be told in front of microphones. Right, Carol? That's right. All good, right. Good to be here. I enjoyed it. Let's end on this today. I often joke about ESPN should have a show called 
facts versus volume. One guy has the facts, the other guy just yells. It's a joke, really. I never thought it would be a real show, but apparently we're getting closer and closer all the time. Brandon Marshall, a guy who once was a derelict criminal in the NFL and then came out and said, oh, wait, I'm bipolar. I've got a mental condition. And then all of a sudden the media is like, oh, oh, you should have told us that. That's why you tried to strangle your girlfriend. Oh, man, okay. Here, have a nice cushy media job. And I'm not against getting help for mental issues, but it just seemed to me very convenient that Brandon Marshall got a huge get-out-of-jail card because of that. Anyhow, at least with the media. So there is a podcast called I Am Athlete that he does with Chad Johnson and Channing Crowder. Here was Brandon Marshall talking about NBA contracts and trying to convince his co-host that they were wrong and he was right regarding the NBA's limited number of guaranteed deals. Y'all talking about because y'all talking about the NBA, got, everybody got guaranteed contracts and it's false. They I'm, do. Searching this and I'm telling you it's the they truth. Do. No, they don't. Not everybody that's on the NBA roster like who? have a guaranteed contract. There's two-way it's contracts. There's there's two-way contracts, no, it's not. and then there's no, the no, top dogs. There's the top dogs. No, it's not. There's four guys on the NBA team that got guaranteed contracts, and everybody else can be cut today and don't got nothing. And don't have man dime. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. So who has a better structure, the NBA or the NFL? Everything y'all saying is what I'm saying. It's now you finally got the Russell Wilsons of the world finally saying something. He's just clapping. I'm telling you, those are only four guys that have guaranteed. No, every contract is fully guaranteed. Look it up. Look, no, I, I don't have to look it up. I already know. Do you think he's going to be on a future episode? Is he going to come back and be like Emily Latella from SNL and say, oh, never mind. Oh, you don't know who Emily Latella is? SNL, never mind. I'm looking it up as I talk here or trying to. Yeah. This is how she would end when she realized she was wrong about something in one of the weekend debate shows. Oh, that's very different. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Brandon Marshall, everybody. Facts versus volume. That's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for downloading and being part of Zabecast Nation. If you like this podcast, do please send it out to those that you know and like and would enjoy intelligent discussion about various issues in the world. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Like champagne and leather, like birds of a feather, we'll fly. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. 
AG. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know, in a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.